RadioInfluence.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forking Around Town podcast. This is your host, Tracy. And today I'm so excited because I get to chat with someone who has, well, he's he has the same passion as I do, but he's a lot better at it. I have Camille from High Class Hooker Charters. How are you, Camille? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just was, you know, sitting here thinking like, I just wish I was on the water right now. It's such a beautiful day out in Tampa Bay. How are you doing today? All right. You know, we had a good day on the water today. So just finishing up and getting ready to head home. So all in all, pretty good though. So what were you, um, what were you fishing for today? Cause I'm so bad when it comes to fish and what, uh, what season it is. I'm just going to say. <laughs> right. Uh, we, we were targeting tarpon this morning. So. One thing I always say I love about Instagram is I'm always connected with the most incredible, talented people. And Camille and I connected. And I have to say, I, I love your your Facebook or sorry, your Instagram page and all the posts that you do and fishing. It's just it's so incredible. And being a Pisces, again, I've always had a connection with fishing ever since I was a young girl. I used to love to go fishing back in California. Nothing like anything I've done in Florida. I would go in a lake with my dad and I put a worm on a hook and just go out there and catch, you know, catfish and trout. But fishing is something that I really enjoy and I wish I was better than I am and I don't get to, you know, go out on the water as often as I would like to. But you have really inspired me to get out on the water. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's Florida. You can do it 365 days a year. So why wouldn't you want it, right? Exactly. I remember, so when I first moved to Florida in 2003, I actually went out on a boat. I had only been here about two or three months. And it was my first time being out in Tampa Bay. Actually, we left out of Clearwater. I don't remember exactly where we were because it's been so long. But I was just like, this, this is so different from California. The water is so calm. And I just, I really felt at peace. And ever since then, I've had many opportunities to go fishing. I've gone out fishing in, let's see, um, kind of the Tarpon area, Wikiwachi, definitely Crystal River. That's one of my favorite places. Um, I have a friend who has taken me out with his wife on their boat. We've gone out like in Tampa Bay, different places. And it's just for me, it seems like I could be on a boat for an hour and it seems like 10 minutes, just the time just goes by so fast. And I just, I just love fishing. I feel really at peace and I'm trying to learn more. I'm such a novice, but it'll come with time. So what actually got you into fishing? All right. So, I mean, I grew up on a thousand acre dairy farm in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, if we didn't grow it, catch it or, you know, uh, you know, raise it, uh, we didn't eat really. The grocery store wasn't like right down the road. Right. So my dad was big into the outdoors and, you know, he would, if he kind of wanted to hang out with him, he'd have to go hunting or fishing. So we used to go fishing with him as, as kids. And then I moved to Florida, you know, I, I'm actually a chef and I moved to Florida as a chef. And I just was like, one day I'm like, I'm going to do it. And, you know, it's been almost 20 years now. So it's been a long time. Oh, no, that's incredible. It's incredible. So I love the fact that, I mean, I love how you were brought up. I was actually brought up the same way. My dad comes from a large Italian family and like, you know, my grandfather, he grew everything in the garden. So that was just, you know, that was how my dad was born and raised. And that's kind of how I was raised as well. Like in California, we had a big garden in our backyard and those are my best memories. My dad was always in the restaurant business, but yet he always cooked at home. And everything came from the garden. I mean, salad, vegetables, you name it. Everything came from the garden. So 
I've always kind of had an, like an appreciation for that and it still sticks with me today. And one of my favorite ways to eat is the whole, you know, farm to fork concept. And being that you're a chef, I'm definitely intrigued by everything that you, you and I have talked about previously. And so you also have a cookbook or two coming up, right? (laughs) Yeah, we are working on a cookbook, uh, actually two. Um, it started out uh, like a year and a half ago. I was just kicking around ideas. Um, you know, I'm getting older, you know, and I realize that my time on the water and stuff is probably not as long as I'd like it to be. So I'm just looking for different avenues. And I do have a degree in culinary arts and used to work in like, you know, high-end restaurants and hotel properties. So I was like, how can we mix the two together? And then also when people find out on the mm-hmm. boat or on our hunting trip, and stuff they're like oh my god you were a chef and so i gave them like recipes or whatever and then i'm like well the heck with that so now i'm gonna you know for 29.99 you can you can go home and cook your fish yourself kind of deal and so just kind of grew from there but then you know also you know same thing my my dad had a garden my grandfather had a garden my great-grandfather had a garden and these were like half acre gardens they were huge so we ate fresh vegetables. We raised beef cattle, dairy cattle. We had fresh chickens. You know, we hunt. My dad was a big hunter. He fished. So we always had like, fresh stuff around. Uh, I'm totally against um, like GMO, um, you know, all the stuff they put in our food nowadays. It's just unhealthy. So the project grew and grew and grew to the point where I started to focus more, not just like on, you know, Florida game fish or like wild game, but also like natural ingredients, knowing where you're from and getting away from that process, you know, like some growth hormones and all that kind of stuff and pesticides and everything else. So it's really trying to focus on that as well and give people like an alternative to just the garbage you buy at the store. Cause it, it may say healthy on it. It's not, you know, it's, but it's not. Yeah, no, world. I agree. No, you know, and people are brainwashed into believing, well, you know, if it says it's whatever, uh, they, they will lie to me. Well, they will. You, know? <laughs> you can't mass produce that much food, right. you know, without adding stuff to it to make it grow faster and everything else. So, you know, it's just trying to give an, al- an alternative to that, you know, especially for, you know, as a hunter and, a, and an outdoorsman and a fisherman, you know, a lot of people gather their own game and stuff and you know just instead of like your basic i got venison i'm going to make stew or i'm going to fry it so these are like high-end recipes like in a coffee table book kind of thing you know pictures and the whole thing to to get people like i said like an alternative and you know able to branch out from what the norm was so but it's absolutely a huge process and uh you know I kind of dive into things before I realize what I've dove into. So, you know, learning on the way and everything else. <laughs> I did my own photography. I taught myself how to do that and just everything. So it's been a, it's been a long trip, but uh, I hope it's going to be worth it. So, Oh, no, absolutely. One thing I've actually realized about myself is, you know, like when I was growing up, we always had home cooked meals. That was just how I lived my life. And then once I moved to Florida and just, you know, living out here, you know, and then being a single mom and working full time, you know, sometimes I found myself looking for convenience and I've noticed a huge difference when I'm eating out a lot versus cooking at home. I can tell by my mood and how I feel. And when I, when I just cook, even if it's just making fresh pasta or grilling fish or whatever, I can eat more 
and I feel better than when I'm eating out and eating less. It's weird, but it's just my body just kind of responds to everything being natural. And that's kind of how I'm trying to live my life. I mean, as an influencer, I definitely eat out a lot and everybody knows how much I love pizza and everything. But over the last month or so, I've kind of been rethinking things and thinking, you know what? It's time to kind of go back to your roots and where you came from and just really focusing on, you know, unfortunately where I live, I can't have a garden, but I love visiting like farmer's markets and just purchasing fresh seafood and meat And I'm telling you, it's like I notice a big difference in just just everything from how I feel when I wake up, my energy during the day and just the creative process with work and just being an influencer. It's a big difference from when, you know, I get stuck in a rut where I'm eating out all the time and drinking energy drinks all the time, which is my one bad habit I'm trying to change. But there is something to be said about that. And um, I'm really trying to move more towards, you know, the natural way of living and eating, because I think it's so important because, I mean, health is wealth, as we all say. Yeah, you talk to anybody nowadays. Everybody feels sluggish. Everybody's tired. A lot of it has to do with the stress of the modern world. I mean, we're bombarded 24-7 with, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TV, 24-hour op-ed news channels, you know, everything, jobs, everything's mm-hmm. so fast-paced. But the food we eat, is, you know, does help us cope with that. And like I said, you know, people fall into a trap, and I, I'm guilty of it myself, where you fall into a trap for convenience. Like, all right, I'm just going to stop and get something to eat on the way home, or I'll just grab something quick on the store pre-made or whatever that's you know and then you're full but you feel like garbage afterwards and it's just you know it's like and there's better ways and i think the more people get into it that the better it'll be for them you know and you know like you i i on caffeine and i all the time it's just caffeine 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 trying to keep going and you know i can definitely (laughs) tell a difference in my life versus you know, when I wasn't quite as busy and I didn't have to jack myself on, you know, the fall energy to keep going. People need to get back to just the basics, you know. And what's really good is like the Food Network came out in like the 90s and early 2000s and everybody kind of became instant foodies, you know, and food became a big thing again. And so, you know, I think more people are aware of it. There's more affluent people now, you know, it's just, like you said, you get caught in a trap. But I think if people take the time, it'll make a big difference in their lives. And hopefully that's what the books will do down the road or whatever. But we'll find out. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I find myself when I am, you know, this week has been crazy. I've been on the road for work and probably the last three nights, I want to say I've slept maybe 10 hours just because I I have a a lot going on with work and I feel it. So I'm finding myself, okay, I need to stay awake. So I'm, you know, like today I've had so much coffee and I've had a few too many energy drinks. But when I actually take time to just kind of, you know, focus on, okay, I'm going to eat something really healthy. I'm going to drink lots of water. It's just, it's mind boggling how different I feel. And I have to get back to that, but it takes time and preparation. So for me, I have to meal prep. I mean, I actually went shopping yesterday. I bought a bunch of ton, like a ton of fresh produce and seafood. And it just, it really makes a difference in my life. And I'm trying to stick with it because when you're busy all the time, it's so convenient to pick up something to go. I mean, again, it's like, why, why, you know, I mean, we're just, we're hurting ourselves in the long run when we don't take the time to take care of ourselves. And 
I've, I've been a bad example. I mean, I have, I mean, I'm always on the road and always hanging out and I really want to change that. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to chat with you today. Cause I feel that you just like, just from the few conversations that we've had, I've learned so much and you've really inspired me to kind of, you know, get back to the basics. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for sharing everything that you have so far about your beliefs in food and just, you know, Florida, you know, in general, I mean, thank you. You know, and the thing is, too, you think you think of Florida and you think like, you know, everybody's so stressed and around the go all the time. But here we live in a place where, I mean, realistically, 365 days a year, you can be outside, you can be walking, you could be, you know, on the water fishing, you could be, you know, kayaking, you could be swimming. You know, there's just so much to do, but we get so trapped up in our lives. And I'm guilty of it myself. I'm probably, I need to go to a gym or start walking or something because I feel like I just sit on a boat (laughs) or, you know, whatever all day and don't exercise. And my waistline is starting to show it. (laughs) You know, my closet's starting to look like bells. You sound like me. 34, 36. (laughs) Right. I think everybody feels that way. You know, you talk to a lot of people and they have that same Mm -hmm. thing. And it's just easy to fall into that trap. You know, and, you know, speaking of like preservatives and stuff too, I was, I was, you know, it's a story I tell people all the time when we start talking about food. In culinary school, I had to do a paper on like preservatives. And I found an article uh, from the Vietnam era when they were talking about how a couple of days after a battle, they would go back in to gather the wounded or clean up an area. And the Vietnamese soldiers were, you know, very decomposed and stuff. But the Americans were bloated and fat and so very well preserved. And they attributed this to the amount of preservatives and stuff we eat in our diets. So, you know, that got me thinking about that, you know, years and years ago when I was actually in culinary school. And it's kind of sad to think about that, though, that the stuff we're putting in our bodies actually affects us that much. So, you know. You are, you are like so spot on with that. (laughs) It is scary. In fact, um, so I've been blessed to go to Italy twice. I mean, it's been 22 years since my last trip, but I went to Italy in December of 99 for the entire month. And then I went back in 2021 or I'm sorry, 2001. Sorry. I'm still sitting here thinking like, what year are we in? It's like time flies. But yeah, it was 99 and then 2001 because it was after 9-11 And both times, I mean, the first time I was there for a month and the second time I was there for about two and a half weeks. And when I got there versus the time I left both trips, I lost weight. And all I did was eat all day, pasta, you know, pastries, everything. And I really have to say it's because everything that they prepare is natural. I mean, I never was finding myself, you know, eating things that, you know, came out of a bag. I went to restaurants and cafes all day and I was just impressed. I'm like, I was in Italy for a month and I came home 10 pounds lighter and a lot happier than I was when I got there. I'm a big believer in that. It's a whole Mediterranean diet. Um, Well, not just a diet, but their lifestyle and the portions are smaller and everything else. I mean, look at the portions here. People are mad if they don't get a doggy bag when they go home because they can't finish it. You know, and that's that American mentality right. of more, 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 which, you know, and some things is great, but when it comes to food and it's not the mentality to have a couple of smaller meals throughout the day will actually energize you and, you know, get you through the day better than two giant meals and, you know, a, a doggy bag that you eat later on that night. So, and, and Europe really has it down, <laughs> France, Italy, you know, they, they, they have the eating part down, you know, so... 
Italy is the only country I've been to in Europe. Um, you know, I, I would love to visit other countries, so someday I will. But yes, um, actually, um, being from California, I did go to Mexico several times, and I found the same thing. When I went to Mexico, I found I was eating all day long, and it was crazy because I think I went to Mexico probably five or six times from when I was 19 till I was about 22. And every single time I went to Mexico, I was constantly eating. That's all I did. But I always came home weighing less than I did when I went there, which I thought was just incredible. <laughs> right. It's amazing. You know, right. it's just, it really is amazing to get out and see other parts of the world and how they, how they interact with food and stuff. You know, I was a huge fan of like Anthony and Joe where he would travel, you know, you get to see other people's cultures and how they eat and why they eat and like the, right. you know, a meal isn't just sustenance. A meal is like, um, it's an event. And, you know, in other parts of the world, it's celebrating. We're here. It's just how much can I shove down my throat in a couple hours, you know, or as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So we, we've really gotten away from that in this country. And I think, like I said, I think in the past 20 years, there's been a, a shift back. But I don't think we're quite there yet. So I'd like to see people eating natural, you know, knowing where their food's coming from. Small farms, like you, I'm a huge fan of the, the fork to table, you know, farm fork kind of deal. And, you know, just knowing where my food's coming from. So, and I think that right. the more people get involved in it, the better it'll be. You know, everybody will be healthier and happier. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, like I always tell everybody and we all say health is wealth and you have to nourish your body because it's so important. And I just I feel so much better when I try to eat more organically. And um, like I did kind of a little test a couple of weeks ago. So I spent one week where I just, you know, I kind of ate like I normally would. You know, I had processed things and whatever. And then when I took a week off and just ate just natural stuff. It was, I couldn't believe the difference. It, it really was a wake up call. So yeah, when I actually, um, I was in Venice a couple of days this week and I actually meal prepped. I, I spent Sunday night, I cooked a few meals, I packed my cooler, I took everything with me and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And you know what? I felt so much better. I had so much energy and I only went out to eat one time and I had some grilled. I had some grouper <laughs> as you saw on my post or whatever, but, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, I felt so much better being on the road, but many of us can't do that. You know, if we travel a lot for work, it's hard and it takes discipline to be, you know, be prepared for your meals and everything. Yeah. You know, it just takes a, you know, it's mind over, you know, you just stay in a mindset in place. And I do the same too. I travel out to Texas quite a bit. We have a hunting ranch out there where we do uh, guided hunts and stuff. And, you know, I find when I'm out there, I just eat garbage all day because it's quick and easy. I'm busy. I'm on the road and I don't eat right. the stuff that I want. <laughs> and I actually come home way more than my left. And you think I wouldn't because I'm on my feet all day working, but I just pack myself full of carbs and stuff to keep going. So, but you know, people just need to get a mindset and you need to just make up your mind. It's like anything, mm -hmm. breaking a bad habit just takes repetition and it takes time. And the more you do it, the easier it gets to break the habit and then you can create a new habit. So hopefully more people get into the food thing right. and you know I mean I think a lot of people will be a lot better off. I always tell people just give yourself 30 days. Just commit to 30 days. You know, take something you want to change and just do it and be dedicated. And then after those 30 days, it just becomes it's it's your lifestyle. And you it's hard to go back to those bad habits that you might have had before. 
I've definitely learned that over the years. <laughs> so I have a question for you. So sure. I saw your, um, oh, no. your gator hunting pictures and I'm, I'm terrified of alligators. I just have to say, I've only right. seen one <laughs> up close and personal since I lived in Florida. When I first moved here, I thought they would be just strolling down the street. <laughs> and it actually, right. I moved here in 2003 I did not see my first gator until 2015. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like 12 years until I saw a gator up close and personal. They're everywhere. But... but I mean, so here's my question. Do alligators, are they really aggressive towards humans or are they more scared of us? Because that's one thing that's always like, actually... it's always on my mind. I'm always um, scared of them. I mean, if I didn't know what I was doing and do it for a living, would I go out and mess with them? Probably not. But I mean, if you're walking along the edge of a pond, they're not going to do anything to you. You know, I mean, so we, we actually, we do gator hunts and, you know, we, we're one of the few people that can do them all year because the connections we have with a couple hundred gators and I'm still here to tell about it. So they're not super aggressive, but you know, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, probably, but as a whole. <laughs> but I mean, you see, you always hear the stories of people <laughs> like, oh, there's some old lady was feeding them chicken or something, and then Fifi got eaten. You know, well, Fifi's more their size. You're, you're kind of big compared to what they would normally want to eat. So, you know, most gators aren't huge. And the majority we see are like in the seven to nine foot range, which really isn't a monster animal. So small dogs and cats, if someone's been feeding them or something might be on the menu, but as a person, I really wouldn't. Okay. Want to I mean, I wouldn't try that one tomorrow. So <laughs> no, I wouldn't No, nor would I. Um, so my gator story is kind of funny. So I have a, um, a dachshund mix. Um, he now clocks in at 62 pounds, but when I first got him, I thought he was just a normal dachshund. I mean, he was small, but he had really big paws. But anyway, there's a park right by my house and there's a big, just a big retention pond. So we're, we're walking along and he was, you know, hot and he's kind of wanted to go towards the water. And I hear a guy yelling, gator, gator, look out. And at first I thought it was a joke. I'm like, what? what? And then this guy literally ran up to me and said, get your dog out of the way. And I looked and there was a gator a foot away from me. And it was one of the scariest moments of my life. I, I felt so bad. I just scooped up my dog. I didn't even think. I just reacted. And then the gator turned around and he went into the pond and I took some video and it was just, he was huge. He was like seven feet. It was crazy. And I still have the pictures. I always show people, but yeah, I actually have a picture of, cause I was taking pictures of my dog and I didn't realize the gator was right there. It was the weirdest thing ever, <laughs> but it was, it was so scary. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know yeah, what you're getting into, or you, you know, it it can be kind of uh, kind of unnerving, you know, when you see them like that, especially if you, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't know a lot about them. So, I mean, I remember the first time we started doing, you know, I working for a guy doing alligator stuff before I went out on my own. And I mean, the first time they told me like, all right, you got to grab this tail and like pull him up here so this guy can shoot him. I was like, uh, hard pass, you know, so <laughs> there's right. no way. Exactly. And I could never do that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we get used to it or whatever. It, you kind of know what you're doing. But, I mean, I had a buddy of mine. He's been doing it 40 years and just lost his thumb. You know, he was goofy. He wasn't paying attention. A gator grabbed a hold of him and death rolled and took his thumb off. So, 
not to be taken lightly, but I'm going to, like I said, walking my dog around the park and stuff. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it too much. I'm just, I'm just a big scaredy cat. Have you heard of, um, Chris, the gator hunter? I follow him on Facebook and Instagram and he's, uh, Mm -hmm. he's down. I think I want to say the Everglades, but yeah, you should look him up. He, um, he will post videos of himself and he's literally has like seven or eight alligators and he's feeding them chicken and he has them all trained like dogs. And he he has them all named and he'll sit there and like call them out. And he just one by one, he'll drop raw chicken in their mouth. And he'll, he actually got on the back of a gator, like laid on him. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this guy, but it's just, it's hard not to watch because it's just, it's so intriguing. But yeah, I'm, I'm always like in awe of alligators. They scare me, but yet I'm intrigued. And that's why I wanted to ask you about your gator hunting. Cause that's something I would actually might consider just to kind of get over my fear of them. Right. I mean, it, I tell people all the time, it's the best of fishing and the best of hunting with an animal that can totally kill you at any second. So it's, I mean, it gets your heart going and, you know, <laughs> we're there to make sure nothing happens to you. So, you know, knock on wood, we've never we haven't lost anybody yet. So not even a digit. So <laughs> no, I, got I think I'm still me. far away from that. I'm still scared. I, I actually got a picture of me on the back of like a 12 footer, you know, still alive a couple of days ago. So, you know, someone's taking video of me jumping on the back of it because we were trying to measure it and make sure it was big enough for this guy that wanted like a, he wanted a monster. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I won't be doing that anytime soon. I'm too, I'm too afraid, (laughs) but you're right. You have to face your fears. That's kind of how I look at things. And, um, I have a fear of heights and I always tell myself before I turn 50, I want to jump out of an airplane. So we'll see if that happens. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but yeah, it's kind of been on my mind for quite some time. I, well, I see people do it. Actually, I think it's in Dade City. Right. I've seen a lot of people do it here locally. And I thought, you know what? That would be the best way to face my fears. Exactly. Uh, I'm just I'm just saying this. I don't think I could actually do it, but you never know. Maybe right. I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I never thought I could jump on the back of an alligator either. So yeah. right. my friends think I'm totally nuts, too, because uh, I'm scared to death of like snakes. And I'll actually cross the street to get away from one of those little gecko things. They just creep me out. But I'll jump on the back of an alligator. So. You mentioned that, the geckos. Yeah, yeah totally scared of geckos. <laughs> so. Yes. They always kind of freak me out how they're running around. When I first moved to Florida, I definitely had an issue with them. But this is a funny story. I don't think I've ever shared this before. But when I first moved to Florida, I was living in an apartment community. It was in Tampa, but it was right on the border of Brandon. And it was brand new. Like my apartment, I mean, it was a new development. No one had ever lived in there. So one day I'm getting ready. And my bathroom had a huge mirror. So all of a sudden I look and there's a palmetto bug on the wall behind me. And I screamed. I mean, I screamed bloody murder. And my boyfriend at the time was like, what is wrong with you? I go, oh my God, look at that cockroach. He's huge. He goes, it's a palmetto bug. Get over it. So I was so scared. I grabbed, I know I grabbed a thing of Comet and I doused him with Comet. So I went to go get some paper towels to try to pick him up. I came back to the bathroom. He was gone. I thought, where? Okay, where'd he go? Anyway, he resurfaced two days later and was completely discolored. <laughs> he was like bleached out white. It was so funny. But that was my uh, my first encounter with a palmetto bug. And uh, yeah, being from California, I had never seen anything so big like that. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, being pretty. Like being from up north in Massachusetts, we don't have bugs the size down here. I remember kayaking through the mangroves when I first got down here and the big banana spider like popped up in my face and I had a heart attack. 
you know, biggest spider I'd ever seen was like the size of my thumbnail. So it just totally creeped me out. I wouldn't go in the mangroves for like the longest time. So all my friends thought I was nuts. That's what they say, but I don't trust any spider. <laughs> no, Anyways. it's probably a good philosophy well, to live by. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I just stay away. <laughs> Anything with right. more than two legs can stay away from me unless you're a dog or a cat. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Well, Camille, I want to just... Thank you so, so much for, you know, taking the time to chat with me today. And I definitely look forward to spending some time out on the water with you. I think that'll be fun. Um, you can probably teach definitely. me a few things because um, one thing I need to get better at casting. I used to be so right. good when I was younger and lately I feel like I'm just not that good anymore. So I need some practice. So by the time we get around to going fishing, what are we going to be fishing for? Let, let, let's just say July. Snook. Yeah, so okay. we'll be targeting snook, redfish, trout, stuff like that. You know, the usual stuff. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Well, awesome. Well, let, I just wanted you well, to let everyone know how they can find you on social media. So just in case they want to book a fishing charter and just kind of follow you on Instagram to see all of your adventures with fishing and alligator hunting. Right. So it's uh, highclasshookercharters.com is our website. Um, and Instagram, just highclasshookercharters. Uh, we're out of Sarasota. And uh, just look us up, follow us. You want to go fishing, give us a call. Email us. We're ready to go. Yeah, no, you guys are amazing. So I can't wait to get out on the water with you. And again, thank you. And I look forward to, um, you know, your cookbooks when they come out. I'll definitely be one of the first to get one. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. And uh, thank you for having me on. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Do not forget that a new episode of Forking Around Town comes out every Friday on RadioInfluence.com or wherever else you like to go to download and listen to your favorite podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is a Live Bold and Boss Up Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Guys, um, today we chatted with Emily Gosh Harris. She is the founder and CEO of Soul Media. This is a company that is focused on elevating conscious companies and entrepreneurs through intuitive marketing, brand strategy, and public relations. Super unique perspective yes. on marketing. I love it. I love what she has to say about it. We were chatting about how you know, you bring feminine energy into this and you really get into their flow of things. Is that like a separate executive coaching piece or do you actually bring that into the creation of their brand too? I really try to bring that energy into really all aspects. And, you know, what that is, is just really looking at the balance and the harmony of any organization and any individual for working on a one-on-one -on -one basis, because I really believe that it is in the balance. It is in the harmony that we're able to move forward in a way that really shines our light, whatever, you know, our organizational light our individual light in a way that is fluid. And so when I'm looking at that balance and helping others to kind of, you know, recognize that in the, in themselves, um, it is like that, you know, masculine and feminine balance that we all have those energies and to be able to kind of, you know, tap into that in a way that allows for greater flow with whatever it is that we're, you know, bringing forward. Live Bold and Boss Up with Stephanie Marchese and Ashley Jiraki can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, 
the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. 